Well, hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? You got to give me some life. It's cold out there. Are you tired of winter yet? Tired of winter? I'm tired of winter. No, I'm tired of winter. But anyways, hey, I have Chris Marsden up here. He is our tech director. Can you guys give him a hand? Say hello, Chris. That's good. Um, I invited him up here to talk with us uh, because him and his family are going to be going through a transition over the next five, six months. And uh, really, they're being called to the mission field. And um, I, you know, our job as a church is to be about the global church and about the movement of God in the world. And um, I, you know, is this transformed and mobilized part of our mission? Sometimes when people get mobilized by God, he calls them to do different things. And so I wanted Chris to come up and just talk about what's going to be happening with this transition over the next five, six months. What's, what's next for you? Yeah, so this summer, starting this summer, my new job will be as the Director of Operations and Communication for Global City Mission Initiative. Uh, Global City is a organization that focuses on church planning and discipleship, uh, evangelism in global cities, big places where kind of the world converges. And my job will be mostly administrative, mostly behind the scenes, but doing some work in Orlando as well. Yeah, and you guys are basically a church planting organization. Correct, yes. Right? They, plant, they, they plant house churches, and if you know anything about us, we're about church planting. Absolutely. Now, um, tell me a little bit about, tell us a little bit about your journey to get to this point. Because it's like <sighs> you've been with us for seven years, and it's a big transition, so go Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been crazy. So um, over the last 10 or 12 years, a lot of my energy, a lot of my passion, a lot of my reading has been about um, global movements, has been about church planning, has been about discipleship and evangelism. And really, that's how I got hooked up with Kensington, was a friend of mine introduced me to Kevin like a week after he moved here. And uh, no, no, I don't need, I'm not looking for that. But it was just this weird, like, coincidence kind of thing. And eight years later, we're still here. We're still using our gifts and talents to, to do this thing. And so out of the blue last year, this guy, Jared, um, hit me up, and it was kind of a networking kind of moment, just meeting this new guy, this new organization. And uh, in that process, he offered me a job that absolutely was a horrible fit for me. But we started, we started talking, we started praying, and over the course of probably about six months, just really felt like God was leading us to this new thing to kind of just jump off the cliff and do something new. I know, so. right? So, so um, uh, I would love to, to just talk about your role here. What does that mean for your role here? Yeah, so uh, officially as of May, June, I won't be on staff here because I will be on staff with those guys. But uh, the beautiful thing about what I'll be doing with Global City is it'll be here in Orlando. We're not moving. We're not going anywhere. And so we're going to continue to call Kensington home. Uh, my wife, my kids, and I will still be serving on the rotation, serving in, you know, in the team. So you'll, you'll see me up playing bass occasionally. You'll see me at the booth still. And we'll still get to hang out and still be a part of this place. Which is, which is super cool. And why we have him up here now, five, six months before he's not on our staff, is this is a 100% supported role. Like, there's no salary he's going to. He's got to raise support to step out with his whole family. And so one of the things that you know about us, there's two things. Um, we are a church planting organization. We love the church. We have a church plant at UCF. Um, John Evans is leading our first church plant as a, as a church here. Um, and it's going fantastic there. Um, in fact, you know, UCF, come on, undefeated season. Like, he's doing a great job over there. Um, yeah, I know, <laughs> It's right? all John, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all John. Um, but, but also the other thing about our church is, is our val one of our values is living open-handedly. 
And this is where you come in. I want to ask you to pray about and process through supporting Chris and his family as they step onto this new journey. It's like I love the fact that we can support a global church movement through you. And, um, and just, so, just so you know, you have our full support. It's like we are behind you. We are excited about you. you. I hate that you won't be back there for me to harass every Sunday, (laughs) but you'll still be here for me to harass regularly. Uh, But bigger picture is, 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 you know, with us being ascending church, anytime someone hears from God and then moves and goes, we are behind it. And so we're behind you, and I want you to pray about it and talk to Chris after the service um, uh, if God's kind of poking you in the heart and saying, hey, you need to go find out more information. You need to support this guy and his family. So can we give him a hand? Thank you, Chris. Thank you, guys. I'll send you off. I think that's super cool. I love sending people. I don't like sending people away, but I love sending people away to do God's work. And so, uh, so I think that's super cool. So I've got a few announcements for you before we move on with our day. Um, the very first is, is we are right now in a three-week um, stretch where we're inviting you to be a part of a small group in our church. And so here's what we believe, that, that, that spiritual growth happens and life change happens better in circles than in rows. You will grow in the row you're sitting in by coming here on Sundays a little bit. But you will grow a lot of bit, because that's a word, a lot of bit, um, by being a part of a small group in somebody's home where you're in a circle, eye-to-eye, knee-to-knee, heart-to-heart, where people get to know you and you get to know them. And we are launching a bunch of them right now. Um, In your program, there's an insert. Take it out. Fill it out. If you want to be a part of our small group or think that's your next step, and I'd love for you to put that in the offering or drop it by at starting point right on your right-hand side on your way out. Um, and, and we would love for you to be a part of that. On top of that, along with our small groups launching, we are launching a class called Alpha. Alpha is a class, an eight-week class that's happening on Sunday mornings at the 930 service and in uh, room 124. And it is a class where all questions are welcome. If you have any questions about your faith, about God, about who is Jesus, why do we pray? It is a place where it is a discussion formatted group where you can ask your questions and get answers to them. If you've ever wanted to learn how to describe or talk about your faith with someone else, this is a great place to learn about, um, about, about Christianity, about following Jesus. And so um, Alpha starts next week. Fill it out on your insert, put it in the offering basket, or drop it off at starting point, but it starts next week during the 930 service. All right. I have two more things for you, and then we're going to move on with the day. Um, one is um, one of our global partners is Haiti. Uh, we, want to, we support um, missions in Haiti, and one of the ways we do that every year is a thing called Feeding Children Everywhere, where we partner with Feeding Children Everywhere to just put together meals. We're trying to put together 50,000 meals on February, let's see, February 11th. There are two shifts available. It's in the evening. It's a Sunday between 4 and 5 and 5.15 and 6.15. Um, it is a $12 minimum donation per person because that goes towards paying for the 50,000 meals that we are going to be packing. And this is an incredible family serve. If you want to serve as a family you might never have, if you've got kids um, as young as six, seven years old, they can do this. So I want to invite you out to be a part of that with us. And how you sign up for that is kensingtonorlando.org slash events. Same for Alpha. And then the last one is this. Two weeks from now, what's happening on Sunday? Exactly. We make a big deal out of the Super Bowl. We love the Super Bowl so much that we do a picnic 
every Super Bowl after the second service. And this is what we do. It's back here in the cafeteria. We want to, we'll, we'll take care of the entree and the drinks. You guys bring the sides and the desserts um, when you come to church. And then right after the second service, we go back there, we cook out, we eat, um, we hang out, get to know people. And also out on the field out there, um, we're having a punt, pass, and kick championship or, a, or what, what do I call it? a competition for kids. And we might even have an adult one as well. So you might want to start warming up for that two weeks from now. All right. That is it. I know that's a lot, but we want to move into what we call the Kensington Crunch. There are still people walking in the back door. So I would love for you to stand up, say hello to some people around you and move forward and leave the back rows open and uh, answer. What are you doing for the Super Bowl? What kind of party are you going to? She just wants to be beautiful, she got unnoticed, she knows, no limits, she craves attention, she praises an image, she prays to be sculpted by the sculptor, and oh, she don't see the light that's shining, deeper than the eyes can find it. Maybe we have made a blind so she tries to cover up the pain and cut her woes away. So cover girls don't cry after their face is made. But there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark. You should know you're beautiful just the way you are. You don't have to change a thing, the world can change its heart. No scars. You know you're beautiful just the way you are. And you don't- 
We are in week three of our Crave series, and today is titled, I Just Can't Say No to My Body. And you may think that this is an odd one, but we have become obsessed with our bodies. And that song just kept saying, it's like, you're, you're beautiful just, you way, just the way you are, but cover girls, cover girls, the perfect body, the look, that have the look, you can't eat anything. You have to obsess to have that perfect body. Because we don't understand that beauty isn't just skin deep. And I'll just tell you, when it comes to our culture, our bodies, uh, and, and it comes to our bodies, people are off the charts obsessed. Off the charts obsessed with our body image and altering our bodies, even to the point of risking death to achieve some kind of ideal that has been implanted in our minds. And so, and we, wor- so we worship the ideal body. We worship it. We worship those who seem to have the ideal body. And then when you get into the stats from the health and fitness um, sources out there, one out of five men, two out of five women would trade three to five years off their life to achieve their weight goals. That's how obsessed we've become. Trade two or three years off of their lifespan just to achieve their weight goals. The diet industry, $40 billion a year spent on dieting to achieve the perfect body. 41.3 million Americans have a gym membership. It's up 23% since 2001. I started one in December. I almost went there yesterday. Um, <laughs> young girls, young girls are, are more afraid. They're more afraid of becoming fat. Young girls are more afraid of becoming fat than they are of nuclear war, of getting cancer, or losing their parents. One study from Time Magazine says only 7% of women look like the models on billboards. 7% of real women that aren't on the billboards actually look like women on the billboards. We are being sold a bill of goods, especially in advertising. Most of the time what we see isn't even real. 
Back in 2016, 92% of all cosmetic surgeries done were to women. 14.2 million procedures. Through Photoshop and airbrushing and social media and, and plastic surgery, all of these have driven us to this impossible ideal for what we're supposed to look like, especially for women. And so let me just say, women, it is unbelievable what our society has done to you and what our society has put on you for how you are supposed to look. And I will just say this, as the, as the leader uh, of this church, um, I'm sorry, but this room needs to be a safe place for women. It just needs to be a safe place. And guys, we've got we've to back that up. And not put weight and, and heaviness and judgment on the women that we know and the women that are in this room to become something that, that, that only 7% of women can even achieve. So the question for today is this, how can we see our bodies differently? How can we view them differently? And this isn't just women, this is men too, but how can we get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and feel at peace with this physical body that we have been given? I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. I watch YouTube videos. I read a lot of self-help articles. Let's see, how to be beautiful at every age. How to feel great. Oh, how to be a healthier you. I have all the newest, greatest, bestest ways to take care of myself right here. How to hide my wrinkles. How to hide my hips. How to hide myself. How to heal myself, free myself, love myself. How to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. How to lose 10 pounds in two days. How to lose 10 pounds in two hours, right? Well, I've learned how to curb my cravings, how to tell good carbs from bad carbs, how to eat chocolate and still lose weight. Now that's what I want to know. So I figured out how to have Better eyes, fuller lips, uh, better workouts, better surgery, a better life because, oh, well, yeah, because I just bought the right lip gloss. You know, will, will it ever not matter that I'm, I'm a little overweight, I've got crow's feet, laugh lines, a furrowed brow, oh, age spots, saggy arms? How to get the body of a 20-something when you're a 40-something? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? I mean, how do I get that body back? What, when I'm not wearing my Spanx? Now I have to go on to liposuction, cheek work, neck work, eye work, more workouts, all work. It just, why can't I sag, sink, shrink, if, if that's what my body wants to do? Why can't my fat pants be my regular pants? When will you see me as enough? I, I mean, quite enough, without all of this. When will I not have to work so hard 
to be something that I'm not. Just try to be, fight to be what? What, so you'll like me? Love me? Just even see me? Oh no, it, it, did, it didn't get me the job. It didn't get me the man. It didn't get me the happiness. No, oh no, no. It didn't give me any self-worth, self-love, self-anything. It didn't give me what I wanted. It didn't give me what I needed. I, I didn't give me love, happiness, more, more, more. When will you just see me as enough? When will I hear you say that? When will I see me as enough? Why, why can't a 40-something just look like a 40-something? Why can't I think, shrink, sag, that's what my body wants to do. Why can't I be okay with that? Why can't my body do that? Put your makeup on, get your nails done, curl your hair, run the extra mile, keep it slim so they like you. Do they like you? Get your sexy on, don't be shy, girl, take it off. This is what you want to belong, so they like you.
Take a breath, look into the mirror at yourself. Don't you like you? Cause I like you. You know, the last line in that drama is kind of the question of the day. Will I ever be enough? Will I ever be enough? In our culture right now, you cannot get away from our self-esteem being tied directly to how attractive we are. What the number on the scale says, the size clothes you fit in, what we look like in the mirror, what other people think of us when they look at us. Our self-esteem and our culture is so wrapped up in all of those things. That's why I love the last line of the song, Try, that she just sang, take your makeup off, let your hair down, take a breath, look into the mirror at yourself. Don't you like you? And I would just say for a lot of people in this room, the honest answer is no. I don't. And that's what I want to talk about today. That's what we want to dive into God's perspective on our bodies. So let me pray for us. Jesus, Lord, you have so much to say to us on this topic. The last thing you have ever wanted for us is to find our self-worth and our identity and what we look like or what other people think of us or what our weight is or how we look in the clothes that we have. And so, God, I just pray that today you would speak to each one of us individually as only you can about this topic. You know what our struggles are when it comes to our bodies. You know the worries we have. You know the, the difficulties that we have been battling, some of us, for decades. And so, God, I just pray that you would give us your perspective. Reveal to us your thoughts and your word and your heart on this that we might hear your voice and respond accordingly to what you're telling us to do and as you're, as you're telling us who we are. In your holy name, amen. Now, when it comes to our bodies, um, first of all, um, we all have one, right? Um, and they're all different. Uh, and that's what I love. Uh, Melissa, Melissa has been running the marathon, the, the Disney marathon, for like the last four or five years. My, my 15-year-old son ran the half marathon this year. And uh, the rest of our family, we go to the castle and we watch. And I bet 15,000, 20,000 people run by um, while we're watching all morning. And it is unbelievable how different we all are. It's like I sit there and I am in awe because some of us, we're short. Some of us are thin. Some of us are tall. Some of us are husky. Some of us are big boned. Our facial features are so different. Every single person. I'm in awe as I watch just humanity run by because it's all kind of walks. It's just like, I can't believe that we are all unique. All 7 billion of us on this planet are uniquely different. So let me just talk about your body for a second. Your body is the vessel that God gave you to take you through this life. It is yours for the entirety of your life on this planet, and you are in it 24-7. 
And it is a big deal how we view them. It's a big deal how we care for them. So I want to take us to a verse in Romans 12 where the Apostle Paul is writing about our bodies and about worshiping God. Romans 12.1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Paul is saying, don't worship your body. Don't worship other people's bodies. Rather, let your body be worshipful to God. Let it be something beautiful that you worship God with. So often we get into cravings and addictions that push against that idea of our bodies being worshipful because there's a lot of times in my life where I don't feel like this is very holy, right? I don't feel like this is very acceptable by God. And so I want to take us to our resident expert that's spoken to us every week, Jack Wilson. Um, He's a psychologist. He's been a huge part of mentoring and coaching Melissa and I over the last 20 years. He knows me better than any other human being on this planet, better than myself, because I'm always going, hey, talk to me about this. And like, he knows me. He's known me. And um, he has been an expert for us on all topics. He's a psychologist. and, And I want you to hear his wisdom on this as he is interviewed by Dave Wilson, who's the lead pastor at our Orient campus. So let's hear from Jack. One of the uh, cravings we're going to talk about in the series is the body. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, again, a real tension because you want to take care of your body. Mm-hmm. It can become something that gets out of control, mm-hmm. either with fitness or eating, overeating, mm-hmm. under. So talk yeah. about that a little bit. When does the body become a danger? Well, the body is two pieces to it, as I, as I understand the question. One is reality, and the other one is not reality. Okay, when we're in a circumstance or situation, as we are in our culture, with an absolute pandemic uh, of obesity uh, and all the diseases that go with obesity, that's something that we have to be aware of and, you know, and, 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 and alert, and we have to have good nutrition, we have to have exercise. I have so many people over the years who have who've come to me about, you know, weight issues, you know, how can I lose weight, how can I control my weight? Uh, and I'm, I'm really a person who believes that the simple and easy are not synonyms, never have been, never will be. But when someone says that to me, I, you know, I, I give a, a simple response, uh, eat less, exercise more. Um, and then you'll have the probability that you'll have, you know, less of an, of an issue, you know, of, with controlling your weight. And that's really actually research-based. It's not just, you know, something that I, that I throw out there. Um, but just because it's simple doesn't mean that it's easy because there are all those other variables in there in terms of, of cravings and emotional balance in our lives and you know, all, the, all the kinds of things that are made available to us. It is such a natural thing for that to develop into a craving. And then for many, many people, food becomes an addiction. Uh, and there are two kinds of addictions, Dave. Uh, there's a substance addiction and a process addiction. Eating is a real difficult one because it's both a process addiction and a physical addiction for, for many people. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a tough one. That's why we see so many people who struggle with it and we have to have empathy and care and concern for them. And uh, just because I can almost in a cavalier sense say uh, uh, eat less, exercise more, that doesn't mean that it's easy to do it just because it's simple. Yeah, and a physical craving or addiction. They're different, but how? The process addiction 
um, in its purest sense. Most addictions are a combination, of course, but the process addiction in its purest sense doesn't have a physical part to it. Okay? And I'm going to go back to the body image, uh, Im- body and image thing. You know, that's a process addiction in many ways, whether we're talking about all the way at the extreme you know, of, of anorexia or whether we're talking about uh, people being obsessed about having the perfect body. Culture sets up norms, you know, and the cultural norm that has been set up uh, for us uh, is lean, six-pack, um, no bulges, you know, all of those kinds of things. And that just isn't realistic. Right. So in the process of attempting to get there and uh, in, in trying to get as close to that as we can, we, we can become obsessed with exercise and we can become obsessed with controlling food. And that is the process that we have become addicted to. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So the physical addiction then is actually... Something physical. It can actually be the food. The physical, the, you can be physically addicted, you know, to, to food because it triggers uh, all kinds of different kinds of things. You know, some of us are very, very sensitive to our palate. We get great pleasure from eating certain kinds of foods prepared in certain kinds of ways. Um, and others of us uh, become uh, addicted to the physiological response that we get. Mm. Uh, and then others of us get physiologically addicted to never feeling full. Mm. Uh, and again, that's a, that's a physiological and, you know, and psychological thing. There are a couple things that Jack brought up that I think are real pertinent for today. Um, but the two main points were when it comes to our bodies. We can become obsessed with weight loss and having the perfect body and always looking good. And we can become addicted and obsessed with uh, eating food. And Jack, I don't know if you caught it, he gave the perfect advice to those of us in the room that have a few more pounds on us than we would like. He said, he said what? He said, eat less and work out more. All right, done. Message over. I'm good. I'm going to head out. Um, that's it. Eat less, work out more. Um, but here's the deal. I met with Jack back in 2012, and I've known him for 20 years, but in 2012, I started talking to him about how big I was getting. And, and I want to show you where I was at in 2012, five years ago. And I, 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 um, I didn't even tell Melissa that I was doing this um, just because it's one of those things where I don't know how she would feel about it, but we're a transparent church. And so I normally don't take pictures with my shirt off ever, just for reasons, you know, you know. Um, but just for today, I thought a before and after would be a huge deal today. So I want to show you where I began my journey in 2012. Um, I got a picture for you. Um, and I just want to tell you, I got so big, I became a sumo wrestler. Um, I, I had to. There was nothing else I could do with my life. Um, uh, but I, I took Jack's advice. I started um, eating less and working out more, and I stuck with it over the course of five years. And I just want to, I want to show you um, kind of where I've gotten to over the last five years. And I'm, I'm a little proud of this and a little embarrassed to show it, but this is where I'm at right now. Um, you, you would be really, uh, surprised, you know, if I took my shirt off, that's what you would see. That's why I always wear a shirt when we do baptisms, because I don't want anybody to like stumble or like, you know, not be able to stop staring at the pastor. Um, but, 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 you know, all, all kidding aside, here's my, my, my hope, um, through the series and, uh, and through today is that we begin to change the way we think about our cravings in the way we think about our bodies, um, because our culture sets up the norms of our society when it comes to body image. 
And one of the things that we all need to do if we're going to follow God and listen to what God has to say is we need to begin to live out Romans 12.2, which says this, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn, how to, learn to know, how God's will, know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. On this topic, we have got to change our thinking if we're going to make it and feel and then like our self-esteem and how we feel about ourselves is going to be okay. Because I asked one of my good buddies, um, he was an NFL quarterback, Dan Orlovsky. I got into a workout fitness thing about four or five years ago, you know, sumo wrestler. Um, I started working out. I started doing P90X. And I said, I said Dan, how long till I start looking different? And he says, for a guy like you... At your age, he said, it's going to take you a year if you want to have six packs, a year of working out. And that's pretty much every day. And I'm like, what? That is not happening. I'm going to have a one pack the rest of my life. Boom. You know, I'm just done. But here's what I want to do over the next few minutes. I want to give you five thoughts about your body. And I'm going to tell you all five. And then I want to talk about each one real quickly. And it's this. Our bodies belong to God. Our bodies need care. Our bodies have a purpose. Our bodies are a temple. And our bodies matter to God. And I want to unpack each one of those. And I'm going to start with the first one. Our bodies belong to God. And it's really an odd thing to say that your body's not your own. Your body's not your own. Why? Because God has given them to you. It's given it to you. It's a gift from God. And I know some of you are thinking, is there any way I can re-gift this and get a different one? Like, can I do that? Is that a possible? Is there any chance at all? But our culture says something very different about our bodies. Our culture says, your body's yours. Do whatever you want with it. You make the call. It doesn't matter. If you want to do this, do it. If you want to do that, do it. It's, it's yours to do whatever you want with. But God says, no, that body you have is actually a gift. I'm loaning it to you while you are on this earth. So take care of it. You find the work that he put into your body in Psalm 139, verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, God, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. And I know some of you don't feel like this is wonderful, whatever this is that you have. And some of you are are into destructive behaviors because you don't feel fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't believe that God could love your body the way it is. You don't believe anybody can love your body the way it is. And that's where you find all these eating disorders that are going on. 80 million Americans have food disorders like anorexia, willful starvation and excessive exercise in pursuit of the perfect thinness. Bulimia, uncontrollable eating, followed by purging, by vomiting, vomiting, laxatives or other methods, obesity, compulsive overeating in an attempt to fill the emotional void. Where does that come from? It comes from our culture's obsession with the perfect body and believing that you're only valuable if you measure up. And I'm just telling you, if we're totally honest, there's a lot of people in this room and that is you. You do not feel valuable. Why? Because you can't measure up to the norms that our society says you should look like. At your age, at your stage. So how do you change your thinking? You realize that God didn't make a mistake when he made your body. He did not make a mistake when he made your body. Your body belongs to God. You're a work of art to him. He calls you a masterpiece just like you are. Psalm 139, 15, you watched me as I was formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Your body was carefully crafted by your creator. It is not your own. It is a gift that he has given to you, which gets me to my second thought. Our bodies need care. 
Our bodies are God's. Our bodies need care. In God's eyes, we are to care for our bodies. He's entrusted us with them. And here we tend to go to extremes. We most of the time fall into two categories. We're either a worshiper of our bodies or we uh, are neglectors of our bodies. If you're a worshiper, um, you take a whole handful of, of uh, vitamins every day. You work out five to seven days a week. You feel guilty if you don't get to the gym. You feel guilty if you don't exercise. You spend a lot of money, energy, and time, not just uh, on exercise and diet, but on the clothes that go along with with it so you can show off all of your work, and that is a huge deal to you, even if surgery is how you got there. Why? Because you are a worshiper of your body. The point of our culture is it leans towards worshiping bodies, and if that's you, you obsess over exercise and the look, and you work your best to have the look, and you spend a lot of money on the clothes to show off the look. To the point of obsession and worship. On the flip side, you have neglectors. You don't eat right. You drink too much. Maybe smoke too much. Your whole motto in life is, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Your mission statement is, I ought to, I ought to. And someday, that's your mission statement. Your doctor has warned you. Your wife or husband has warned you. Your kids poke fun. But you've just grown content saying, hey, this is just me. I'm sort of just going to enjoy my life. You probably have an exercise bike or a treadmill that has become kind of a clothes rack. That's what it's for. In your house, you drink a lot of Diet Coke because it says diet on it. And maybe that'll help. Um, But you've just kind of become a neglector. And I would just say I fall into this category. Like when I turned 40, and it was like right around, I think it was 2013, I turned 40, um, a two started showing up on the first number on my scale. And I just couldn't get the two off the scale. It was like, it was like holding on for dear life. I tried all kinds of stuff. The two is still there on the scale. I feel bad about that. I struggle with that. Like I needed to go to the gym yesterday. I didn't go. I almost went to the gym yesterday. And I have more days where I almost go than I actually do go. And I'm looking at it going, part of me is just kind of going, I'm just going to have a two in the front of the number for the rest of my life. There's a part of me that just kind of wants to give up because it's so hard to take care of my body. And for the worshipers in here, there's a lot of pride that comes along with our body. There's a lot of obsessing. Um, I believe there's a lot of our identity wrapped up in the look. For our neglectors in here, there's a lot of guilt because you feel guilty all the time. Every time you look in the mirror, there's guilt. Well, here is the truth about this body. And if you got a pencil and paper, you need to write this down. Here's the truth about our bodies and the decay that we experience. The truth is gravity wins and everybody dies, okay? That's the truth. Um, for you worshipers in here, gravity is going to win eventually. You can't fight it. It's going to win. Um, what you worship will eventually become saggy and let you down. For you neglectors, everybody dies. And if you neglect your body, chances are your, de- your death date will be a lot sooner than it could be. We need to care for our bodies, not by going to extremes. But if you're a neglector, you need to eat less and exercise more. You just do. If you're a worshiper, you need to realize that your looks and your body is not where you find worth in God's eyes. He is not holding you to a standard that only 7% of women can attain and achieve. So our bodies are not our own. Our bodies need care. Why? The third thing is our bodies have a purpose. Our bodies have a purpose. Our bodies are the means by which we fulfill the purposes that God created us for. They are the vessel that God has given us to serve him and live out our God-given mission. 
It's like as you come here, you will hear more and more continually that God designed you on purpose for a purpose. He designed you with a specific mission in mind that only you can fulfill. How are you going to fulfill that mission? In your earth suit. That's how you're going to fulfill it. You need your body. It has a purpose. Paul writes about the purpose in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24. He says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it to win an eternal prize. So I run with purpose every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Paul treats his body with an eternal purpose. He disciplines it so he can pursue God's will on this earth. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You will fulfill that purpose in this body that you've been given. And that body has a purpose so that you can fully engage in what God has put you on this planet for. But it's even bigger than that when it comes to our bodies. And that is the fourth thought that I have. Our body is a temple. 1 Corinthians 6, Paul writes, he says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. In ancient times, before Jesus, the temple was a big deal to the Jews. Why? Because the temple was the physical place where the Holy Spirit of God actually lived out on earth. That's the significance of the temple. It was if you want to find God's physical presence, you go to the temple and you will find him there in what was called the Holy of Holies. That's where the power of God was. Paul is teaching what Jesus taught. And he said, when you begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God begins to dwell where? In you. You become the temple. You become where you find the physical representation and power of God on this planet. Your body becomes the temple. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's where the power comes, as much as it might sound weird to you that maybe you have not accepted Jesus before, but that's where the power comes from as a follower of Jesus to live differently, to overcome your cravings, to, live a, uh, to, to look at temptation and say no to it because your body has a purpose and a mission that is God-ordained. That's where the power comes from. And I love how Paul says this, like, you don't belong to yourself. Why? Because your body's a holy place if you're a follower of Jesus. This is a holy place. It belongs to God. What I eat, how much I eat, how I handle my cravings, how I manage my exercise is important. Because I'm not my own. It's in the way to honor God. And it's just like we had Discovering Kensington at our house this last Monday. Um, and a number of you came out. It was, a, it was a blast. But guess what we did on Monday for an hour um, before we had Discovering Kensington? Guess what we did? Let me say it out loud. What did we do for about an hour before we had Discovering Kensington? We ate. Yes, we ate. Um, that's a good answer. Um, just, just think, what, what do you do every time you have guests? 
You clean. You clean up your house, don't you? You get it ready to have guests. You get it prepared. We took about an hour to get it ready so that when people looked around their house, our house, they thought, man, these people have their act together. I like this place. You work hard to do that. Well, here's the deal. It's just like that. My body has as its guest the Holy Spirit. I need to treat it holy and keep it in order because I have a guest with me at all times. See, my body has a purpose. That purpose is to fulfill the mission that God's given me because my body is the temple where the Holy Spirit resides. And I need to keep my body in order, my house in order, because I have an eternal guest. Which gets me to our last thought. Um, and I want to receive our offering right here. So ushers, if you guys can go ahead and come up. We wanna, we're going to end with communion in just a couple minutes. Um, but right now, if you are a visitor with us, let the basket go by. We're not interested in your money. We're thrilled that you're here. If you are a regular attender of Kensington, you believe in our mission, our vision, our values, and you are all in, this is where we give back to God from what he's blessed us with. And I just want to thank those of you that are giving right now and those of you that give online. Um, you know, over half of our giving comes in online. I just want to thank you for that. It keeps us um, moving forward in our mission. So let me, let me give you our last thought for the day. And that is this, our bodies matter to God. Our bodies matter to God. 1 Corinthians 6, for God bought you. For God bought you with a high price. He paid for you with a high price. He gave his son's life up for you, so you must honor God with your body. Our bodies and how we take care of them matters to God. He paid such a high price for us, and our response is to do what? Take care of it. Live a healthy lifestyle. Honor him with the way we treat this. Honor him with what we put into our bodies. Honor him with how we treat our bodies. Honor him with how we view our bodies. Honoring him by accepting that the body that God gave you is the right one. He gave it to you. He sees you as beautiful. Find your identity in him and he'll show you how beautiful you are. And so I'll just say this. I don't know what you're dealing with when it comes to your body. I don't. You, you might be sitting here going, man, I, this is, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting this. But chances are there's something that you're dealing with when it comes to this topic. And so the question is, is could today be the day where we lay down our bodies and just say, I'm surrendering it to you today, Jesus. I'm just surrendering. My body's yours. I'm going to use it for your purposes. I'm going to use it to honor and glorify you. I'm going to use it for the purpose that you have for me on this, on this planet. It's yours. You bought it at a high price, and I offer it to you. Could today be the day where we surrender to Jesus? Because Jesus says this in John 635, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus is saying you focus so much on the physical, but your real need is spiritual. You focus so much on what you eat and you're working out and making your body look perfect because you feel like that will fill you up, but really your need is spiritual in nature. Our physical hunger often masks our spiritual hunger. And so maybe today is the day you surrender your body to Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. Father, I just thank you for today and that you even speak into our body image. You speak into what our bodies are for. You speak into this 
craze in our culture right now that is just an obsession with worshiping the physical. And I'm so grateful, God, that you speak into that and you point us towards the spiritual. You reveal to us the reality of of our physical bodies and what they are for and what you designed them for and how you live within us. And God, I thank you that we don't have to be defined by what this looks like and what this feels like. And so, Lord, I pray right now for those in the room that are really ready to surrender their life to you. God, I pray right now that they would just open their heart to you and invite you in to forgive and to to change and to challenge and to give them new life. Lord, I pray for those of us in the room here that just struggle with this whole body thing and we feel like maybe even you don't love us because of how far we have let things go. God, I pray that you would speak truth into that and change that right now because we are fearfully and wonderfully made by you. So God, I pray that you would help us to come alongside you in the purpose and mission that you've given for our lives. And I pray that you would lead us and guide us to find our worth in you, not in what people see when they look at us, not in what we see in the mirror, but in who you say we are. And may we honor you with our bodies in the way we treat them and what we put in them in the way we live out your mission. In your holy name, amen. Well, we're gonna take communion together today and, and communion is, is a way for followers of Jesus to remember the price that was paid for us. It's a way to remember that we've been forgiven and we have eternal life out of God's great love for us. And so during this first song, we're gonna pass out the bread and the juice and I want you to grab it and hold on to it. And I want you to just spend some time praying about whatever God is dealing with you on right now. Every broken 
said, when you do this in the future, remember the sacrifice I was willing to give of my body for your salvation. So let's eat and remember what Jesus did. And then Jesus took a cup of wine represented by this juice. And he said, this wine represents my blood that will be shed to pay for your sin because you're that worth it to me. He said, when you drink of this in the future, remember how much I was willing to sacrifice because of my great love for you. So let's remember. Lord, thank you so much for your sacrifice for us. We don't deserve it, but yet you still gave it. That's what love does. That's what mercy does. That's what grace does. And that's who you are. You were willing to sacrifice what we worship, your body. So that we might have life and life eternal. So thank you for your sacrifice and thank you for the life we get to live because of your sacrifice in your holy name. Amen. So let's go ahead and stand up. And we are going to close our service out with a song, and I'm going to turn it over to Michael and the team. And um, I just want to encourage you to just finish out our service with singing from the bottom of your heart and the top of your lungs. So take it away.
God, we just thank you that we can get together and sing your name out at the top of our lungs and declare your love and your message of hope without fear or without pause. I just thank you for this church. I just thank you for this body. I thank you for these people. I thank you for you and your son who died on the cross for us. And we just love you, God. And this is what I'm praying in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, next week, when you come back, 
need to come back for the fourth week, we're asking you to bring a Crave token, something that represents something that is, is uh, in your life that you crave, that is an issue, a stumbling block. And we want you to leave that representation of whatever that is up on this stage. It's going to be a moment where we say, no more, I surrender. I'm, I'm not going to live this way anymore. And it's going to be a powerful weekend. And that can be represented by anything you want to bring um, next week that represents a craving or a appetite that you struggle with. And as you head out, there's people over here that would love to pray with you. And if you want to sign up for Alpha or a small group, please stop by and say hello to Bill on the right side there at Starting Point. Take care. See you back here next week. Try to change the world